0: Welcome. This is the Lady Leadership Podcast. Sam's goal is clear, helping as many women as she can meet their full potential in business and in life. Hi, this is Sam McIntyre and in this season of the Lady Leadership Podcast, I'm going to be talking to you about how to get the most out of your career, whether you have your own business, whether you work in corporate or whether you're just starting out, maybe you're finishing uni. So... Joining me, and I look forward to sharing all my tips and hints on how to fast-track your career. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Lady Leadership Show. Super excited to have with me today, Amantha Imber. Now, Amantha is an organizational psychologist, a founder of Behaviour Science Consultancy Inverton. And she's also been well published, written two books. But she and and I just might add, you've got one of the top um oh, top podcasts called um, How I Work. Is that right? Is that the the name yeah, of it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes, and how so I work. you're you're a specialist in work, basically. Is would is that how you would describe yourself? Yeah,
1: I, I guess so. I mean, yeah, organisational psychology was my field of choice in terms of understanding how people can perform better and feel happier
0: at work. So that is what I do. Love it. And so, why don't why don't we just kind of dig into the COVID thing? We we talked quickly before the show that we're both in Melbourne, um, which has been the you know longest lockdown of. Uh, history um, for any country. How how do you think work's been impacted? Then at the moment through COVID, the maybe the sort of the pros and some of the cons, so to speak.
1: Uh, well, I guess for those that are working from home, there there are huge pros and cons that come with that. Uh, I mean, the obvious pros I think have been spoken about ad nauseum in terms of, you know, we've we've suddenly got like an hour and a half or two hours back in our day thanks to no commute. Um, and, you know, who doesn't like wearing active wear to work? I'm sitting here and I feel like I'm sponsored by Lululemon most days. Um, and You know, and and I guess for organisations that have chosen to really embrace being a remote-first or a distributed organisation, it means that suddenly all these options for talent are opened up. Like I know at Inventium we've hired a couple of new people during the pandemic and we are a remote-first organisation so we have no physical offices anymore. And it freed us up to go, well, really, they can work anywhere so long as they're happy um, you know, being around during Australian Eastern Standard Time, which is yeah. where most of our clients work. Although having said that, we're doing a huge amount of work internationally now um, because it's so much easier to. And look, I think a really big thing for organisations is that you know, when you've been locked down for over 250 days, as we have here in Melbourne, like... I didn't know the number, but <laughs> thank you. Yeah, that's, that's what it's looking like. Um, so, I mean, human connection gets really, really impacted. Uh, mm. You know, like we're, we're seeing the people that we live with every day if we live with other people and we're, we're not having the connection that we're used to having and so... Um, in a way, I feel like there's this big onus on workplaces to really deliver that connection element, yeah. and you know, I know, I know for me, I mean, I would speak to some of my teammates more than I would speak to or like you know see virtually, obviously, um, you know, some of my friends. Yeah. So I think that's changed incredibly.
0: Yeah, and so. I've I've recently started a new role and um, I think what I've found and, and a big team is it's harder to connect with the size of that team, whereas in an office you walk past a few people, you'd be able to say hello, et cetera. I've found that you do have to make a lot more effort to be able to connect, say, across, the, you know, sure you can catch up with direct reports or with colleagues and that seems pretty okay. It's then, you know, the, the bigger the teams get, the kind of the harder it is to have that connection right through. That's yeah. really
1: true. Uh, yeah. But I also, I mean, I'm a big believer in that, like you shouldn't have too many direct reports, otherwise yeah. something's wrong with the structure. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like if you're, I mean, at Inventium, the consultancy that that I've founded, I don't run it though, Um we, I mean, we we run a holocracy where no one has a manager. But I think yep. if you're managing people, I think it's very hard to do that job well. Like if you've got more than, you know, six to eight direct reports. And I know a lot of, you know, a lot of my friends are managers that have far more direct reports than that. And I just think that is that is a recipe for insufficient management. You know, yeah. I think a manager should be a coach. And you know, you, you should be coaching and mentoring your direct reports, ideally weekly, you know, if not at least fortnightly. And, you know, like you do the maths with time, you know, you've also got a job to do. Mm. I think that's absolutely mental. Organisations, you know, that, that have a structure where someone has like 15 or 20 direct reports, like you can't do that justice and you can't connect properly with all those people unless you want that to become your full-time job.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's kind of that pizza size piece, isn't it? Mm, Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, Now you, as as I understand, your team has moved to a four day week as well. Yeah, that's correct. So we we do the um,
1: four day week and have done since July 2020. And what was
0: the, what was, tell me about the sort of the shift to that and what prompted that? So, we did that a couple of months
1: after COVID hit. So, in March 2020, COVID hit Inventium very hard. Most of the work that we delivered was face-to-face and obviously all like face-to-face work was not a thing. We were not running workshops. We were not running training programs. We were not delivering keynotes. Uh, We were not doing most of the things that as a business we did and so what that meant within the space of a few weeks all of our projects were postponed or cancelled and we had to retrench four staff which was heartbreaking I've never never had to do that in my life and as a team a smaller team we bandied together and we said okay how how do we make what is a really crappy situation like how do we sort of reinvent um you know just the experience for all of us in terms of coming to to work virtually. That is. Yeah. And so we like we, we we do a lot of innovation work with our clients and we often apply that process internally. So we we thought about different ideas and solutions for you know what we could do as a, an organization. And uh, Mish, uh, my CEO, uh, suggested, well, why don't we try the four-day week? And interestingly, I'd interviewed Andrew Barnes on my podcast, How I Work, a few months prior to that, who was the co-founder of the four-day, um, four-day week movement. And I ah. sort of parked it in the back of my mind to go, oh, we should explore that when this whole pandemic thing's over. Um, and, and, and then when Mish suggested, I'm like, you know, why wouldn't we try it now? And so, for those that are not familiar with the four-day week, it's not just four really long days. What it is, is it's um, full-time staff that have paid their full-time salary, so 100% remuneration working 80% of the time, so four normal length days and with 100% productivity. So, your outputs being what you would be expected to achieve if you were working full-time. So that's the concept right. of the four-day week. So it's not yeah. like four 10-hour days. Um, yeah. And so we thought, well, let's run it as an experiment. So we ran it as a six-month experiment from July to December in 2020 and we set a bunch of hypotheses and we measured lots of things. Um, being a very science geeky kind of company, we love data. We did a lot of lot of measurement and uh, it, was, it was just a, like a – like a huge success. It was a no-brainer to continue it. And so yeah, Did so ever, now look, we're recording yeah, we're recording this in October. So we've been doing it for um yeah, a, a year and a quarter, I guess.
0: And was it the same four days for everyone then? It was, yeah. So yeah. Friday is a Friday off day off. And then in terms of success, what were some of the things that you saw? Uh well, we
1: saw um off a very high base, uh, employee engagement. So we were in the top ten percent for our industry, which is management consulting. Um, by the end of that six months, we were we'd risen to the top one percent uh, of our industry. Um, productivity increased by twenty six percent, which is which was huge because we didn't we weren't really sure like how how much was possible in the way of gains because a lot of yep. our work involves training clients in how to be more productive and how to use their time more wisely at work. And so we use a lot of those strategies already. So we were quite shocked that we're like, wow, we found even more productivity improvements. Um, we hit our financial uh, targets two months early. So that was very positive. Um, yeah. And we reduced intention to leave, which was something that um, – we we were trying not that was huge, but you know we're always trying to think about how we can you know be like a, a stickier um, experience, I guess for for our team. Um, so there are a few, yeah. Stress levels yeah. also reduced, which was yeah. kind of crazy because a lot of our team are based in Melbourne, and you know the the last half of last year, a lot of that we were spent locked down. Um, so <laughs> that was that was pretty cool to reduce people's stress levels during such a stressful time.
0: Do you think it um, it just gave people a chance on a Friday to think, breathe and spend their time doing something else that brings them, and a bit hard during COVID, but something else that kind of brings them joy and adds to their life and sort of, so maybe more, more focused on those four days and then with that extra time to breathe and get your washing done or whatever you need to do?
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, a lot of staff actually... Took up new hobbies. Um, yeah. Some people started reading more. Um, yeah, like just all the all that you know, those sort of basic human motivational
0: needs. Uh, so yeah, it was just it was it was great, and it it remains great. And is this something now that you're recommending to organisations um, as part of your work? Is this something you, that you'd say to people? Hey, these were the results that we saw. So you know. D- what are you seeing sort of in the industry or in the marketplace about potential adoption? Uh, yeah, look,
1: I get contacted by quite a few business leaders who are interested in the concept. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, you know, yeah, and, and, and certainly we do help people that are wanting to do a four-day week. It's not something we impose upon organisations. More what happens is organisations that are trialling it or wanting to try it Will call us up for some advice or help. Um, so, uh, so you know, there's one um, you know big global corporate that is trialing the four day week uh, in um, over in New Zealand, and and they um, brought us on board to help give everyone in their New Zealand office training around how to work more productively. Yeah, um, which which um, you know. Gave them some some great results, so I think it's it's really hard to kind of go to staff, hey, just now work four days, okay, <laughs> do it. Um, you know, w- without training them in, okay, yeah, that's all well and good, that sounds really nice, but how are they meant to change how they approach their work? That's not obvious to a lot of people. So yeah. certainly the the training and the capability building that we do around helping people, um, you know, work more productively and manage their time better is a really good complement to
0: trying a four-day week. And what is what are some of those tips and techniques that you do advise people around productivity?
1: Well, a really big one is trying to work to your chronotype. So um, for those that haven't heard of a chronotype before, it's it's an area of research underpinned by our what's called our circadian rhythms. Um, yep. And so that's basically our 24-hour sleep-wake cycle. And... Uh, researchers in this field have found that you know this is something that's largely genetically predetermined. And broadly speaking, there are three different types of chronotypes. So there are larks who are stereotypical morning people. They would typically wake at say five thirty in the morning without an alarm, um, and that's about sixteen or seventeen percent of the population. And then at the other end of the spectrum, there are owls. It's about 20% of the population, um, owls do their best work at night or in the late afternoon when most offices are shut and yeah. then everyone else is a middle bird and they run on the schedule of a lark just delayed by an hour or two. Uh-huh. So what we know then is that 80% of the workforce does their best thinking work in the morning before lunch and then everyone has a post-lunch dip, um, regardless of your chronotype, sort of after lunch in a couple of hours after lunch, this is a great time to be doing um, sort of more shallow or lighter work that doesn't require a lot of brain power, like dipping into your email. And then everyone has a rebound in the afternoon, although that's when hours start to do their best work. So if we can, you know, as an organisation, be really mindful of that for our team members, for ourselves and proactively structure our days so that we're matching the task to the energy level, You'll see huge improvements if you start to do that. So, like that's that's one thing. So at at Inventium, um, we are all larks or middle birds, except for our CEO, who's an owl. And so like, yeah. And so for example, we we rarely do meetings in the morning. I like I can't, I can't, I'm just looking at my diary and I can't think of the time where we've as a team, we've done an internal meeting in the morning because we just don't do that um, because that's when most of us are doing deep focused work. Uh, Whereas a lot of teams that we start working with, you know, they're doing updates meetings in the morning or they're doing like whips and stuff like that and things that really don't require a lot of brain power and it's yet they're mostly lax and middle birds. Statistically speaking, that's going to be the case. Yeah. And that is a huge waste of people's peak brain power doing an updates meeting or a stand-up meeting first thing in the morning. Like don't do that. Do that at the end of the day or do that at lunch.
0: Yeah, gotcha,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so that's that, that's one strategy. I could go on. I could name few. No,
0: too. no. Yeah. Look, I mean, you you pretty much describe my day, and because I I do, you know, get that lull after lunch, and I do then kind of research at about you know four o'clock or something, three four o'clock, um, mm-hmm. and you know can do again like lots more work, like all all deep thinking work. It um, it really makes sense, and I think it really makes sense around. I've got some international team members, and so a lot of our catch-ups are in the afternoon purely to allow them to be there so so that probably works as well from a yeah, people definitely. focused but it's taking those into account what are some other things that you would recommend then as well
1: look this is a really simple one but we found in our own research it's incredibly effective so this is a shutdown ritual a shutdown your day ritual because i think one of the things that has happened particularly with working from home. And obviously I understand like we're not all working from home and it's a really privileged position to be in, but I imagine probably a lot of your listeners are working from home and it's really easy for days to blur together and for it to feel a bit like Groundhog Day. I feel like so many people have to think for a few seconds to go, hang on, what day is it today? And yeah. I'm even like, you know, I'm even going, yeah, it's Tuesday today. I did not know that <laughs> when I woke up. Though. Um, and, uh, and so it can be really effective to start having a shutdown ritual. And the one that we recommend is a really simple one, and it involves just writing two sentences at the end of your workday. So the first sentence is, today I made progress on dot, dot, dot. And that's oh. where you think about and write down what's one thing like one project that's meaningful to you where you made progress. And the research behind that comes from Professor Teresa Amabile from Harvard. And in her research, she has found that the single biggest factor that contributes to people feeling motivated and engaged at work is that they feel a sense of progress on the things that matter to them. Yeah. The second sentence is, if I get X done tomorrow, it will be a great day. And so this is thinking about tomorrow and going, what would be something that I could achieve tomorrow that would make me feel really proud um, and, you know, fulfilled and like this this is really important for me to get done. And so identifying that the night before and then making sure that you do that, ideally in the morning, you know, depending on your chronotype though, and, you know, that will again make sure that you are making progress, but also that you start the day with a focus because it's really easy to start our day in our inbox, reacting to oh, yeah. other people's needs and priorities. And then it's really easy for your day to get derailed and to go like get to the end of the day and go, well, what did I actually get done today? Yeah. Um, so those two simple sentences um, today I made progress on dot, dot, dot. Um, and if I get X done tomorrow, it will be a great day. And we've found huge, like double digit increases in well being and productivity
0: just by doing that particular intervention for a couple of weeks. Nice. I think that's great advice. I love it. I'm going to do that at the end of my day today. Good. <laughs> I, I've um, recently interviewed someone and they talked about the Pomodoro method, which I've been trying, which I've quite liked, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Yes. And yeah. Do you like the Pomodoro method?
1: Uh, Yeah, and and so for for people that haven't come across the Pomodoro method, it's basically work for 25 minutes, take a break for five minutes, and Pomodoro is a tomato, and I I don't know why it was named after a tomato, but you can actually get Pomodoro timers that are shaped like the Pomodoro. Why can't I pronounce that properly this morning? Um, The Pomodoro tomato, which are quite cute. I personally don't like the Pomodoro method because I even though a lot of people swear by it. So by all means, try it out. But it it doesn't work for me. Yeah, it doesn't work for me because, look, what we know about the brain is that our brain sort of largely works in sort of 60 to 90-minute cycles. And so Uh a good rhythm to work in, like if you're thinking about proactively mapping out your morning and you're like, okay, I'm going to do deep focused work in my morning because I'm a lark or I'm a middle bird, um, I would always, and again, I'm looking at my diary because this is how I structure things, I work in 60 to 90 minute sprints. So let's just say I have to, um, you know, do a first draft of an article for a column I'm writing. Uh, I know I can do uh, an okay first draft in 60 to 90 minutes. And so that's how, that's what I put, you know, essentially a meeting in my diary, which is called time boxing, um, 60 to 90 minutes. And I also find like, Look, on a good day, I can get into flow in about five minutes. Um, yeah. Flow, like that sense where everything's just kind of like Coming. you're in the zone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas uh, other days, look, it can sometimes take me a good 15 to 20 minutes to get into flow. And the last thing I want is a bloody tomato telling me <laughs> that I have to stop like at 25 minutes. That just, yeah. you know, really kind of cuts into my concentration. And so that's why I personally don't use the Pomodoro technique. Yeah. But-
0: yeah, I think you've you've evolved it for yourself, though. In terms of you've figured out for yourself, sixty to ninety minutes. It's still that element of time boxing, and because I I started to use it. Um, And I liked that because I think sometimes I start things and then I'll get distracted by something else. So distracted by an email, distracted by something, and I'll head down another hole and be distracted from that deep focus work. So sort of saying to myself, Mm -hmm. hey, you're working on this for the next 25 minutes and this is the task and setting a timer has kind of just helped me focus. And then what you're saying is kind of 60 to 90 minutes is Deep, like focused work, and that's how the the brain works. So I have to I have to give yes. that a go. <laughs> cool. Let me know how you go. Yeah, I will. I will. Any other uh, any other tips for people that could just kind of help them out?
1: Yeah. Look, uh, a big one is taking breaks um, and actually scheduling breaks in your diary. So, yeah. in terms of you know. How long should a break be? A break doesn't need to be long. So there was some research done at the University of Colorado that compared a 30-minute walking break with uh, six five-minute walking breaks. So same amount of time, but just using the time differently. And what they found is that compared to one 30-minute break, six five-minute walking breaks we're significantly better at boosting our energy, boosting our resilience, um, particularly in the afternoon when those things can wane. And so, firstly, I recommend to people take multiple short walking breaks during the day. Um, and secondly, schedule them in your diary because then it removes this almost like negotiation with yourself to go, oh, should I take a break? Oh, no, nah, should I push on? Should I take a break? That um, just means... You will take a you will take breaks um regularly as we all yeah. should yeah um you know it's not like it's not more productive to just work through like that is not that is not a productivity tip uh and it's a myth that you know we can just like work for seven eight hours straight um that just you know that that is very very rare it's not something that we should aspire to so that that's a it's a really simple one to do and look a really easy way to do that is. Um, for people that are using Google Calendar, there's a um, setting called Speedy Meetings. Speedy Meetings, and that defaults all your meetings to either 25 minutes or 50 minutes. So it nice. just means that it's yep. carving out a little bit of time, you know, on the hour, or on the half hour, for you to just go for a walk around the block.
0: Love it! It's great. I mean, yeah, it is. I think if you if you've found that you've just been back to back in meetings all day you're just exhausted at the end of the day you just and then you're like you know it's awful it's like death by zoom at the moment (laughs) absolutely thank you so much for being on the show I think I think they're amazing uh amazing tips and something that I'm definitely gonna um have a go and and try out what's the best way for people to get in touch with you Amantha?
1: Uh, well, if you want more productivity tips, uh, just search how I work, wherever you listen to podcasts, um, on the show, I interview some of the world's most successful people about how they use their time differently. And every episode's full of really practical and quite novel tips. I would say for how to use your time better, if that's something that you're interested in and, uh, you can find me at inventium.com.au, which is invent, with an I-U-M on the end. Um, that's my consultancy. And, look, I've got a strange name, Amat the Imber. Um, so if you type that into, you know, whichever social media channel you use, you'll probably find me quite easily.
0: Oof. Yeah, you're unique.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Lovely. Thank you so much for being on the show. I know the listeners will absolutely love that. And, um, yeah, thank you very much. Love it. My, my pleasure. <laughs>